Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. For decades, milk has been fueling women marathon runners as the OG performance drink. And in the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers takes us on a journey of self-discovery as she meets several groups of empowered women runners to find out what drives them, what fuels them, and what pushes them to go the distance. And in the process, she learns that she too can be a distance runner. You can watch the series at runningsuckstheseries.com and register for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Hello, and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. I am your host, Jesse David Fox. This week, we have the second part of our Union Hall Live show from earlier this year. I had five acts, each featuring comedians performing one of their bits, followed by a short conversation about it. Last episode, we had Adam Pally and Jay Jordan. This episode, we have Stradiolab and Marsha Belsky. But first up, Francesca De Uva. Honestly, the whole reason I put on the show in the first place was so I can see Francesca De Uva perform her song Nanny Franny again. The first time I saw it, I was like crying. I was I couldn't believe how ridiculous and silly and unusual and like really beautifully composed this piece of music was. I, it was like nothing I'd seen and I immediately wanted to see it again. So I was like, I have to do a live episode of this podcast and ask her to perform it. And I did and she said yes. And that's what you're about to listen to. I, I'm I'm so excited that you get to hear this song and get to play it over and over on repeat because you have it on this podcast. Like I, you know, like even producing this podcast, I've been listening to it over and over again. So here is Francesca De Uva. Um, nice to see you guys. Uh, thank you for that intro. No pressure. Um, so uh, I guess I should just say like uh, I'm a nanny. In New York, is anyone else a nanny? I say I'm a nanny, but I'm really a babysitter. <laughs> a nanny's full time, I'm part time. I'm never doing more than 30 hours a week. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I like nannying, but it, it is kind of hard. Like I, uh, I feel like I barely have it together in my own life. Um, like I lose stuff a lot, and I'm not very good with money, or with um, eating healthy or exercising, or getting where I need to go on time, or doing work on time and not procrastinating, or communicating with people I love, <laughs> or um, using the bathroom when I need to go, um, <laughs> or showering, or um, what else kind of stuff is there? Okay. Uh, oh, oh, going to the doctor? I don't know why you reminded me of doctor. Oh, because of your glasses. 
So yeah, the other day, I, I'm watching a two-year-old right now who's extremely smart and with it and verbal, and we were in the, in the elevator going back to her apartment, and she was like, I have to go poop. And I was like, oh shit, let's go, let's go. Um, she, and we were in the elevator, and she said, you have keys? <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> it was fine, we went to her neighbors. Um, so I started nannying about like uh, five years ago in New York. Um, and when I started, I thought it was going to be a lot different um, than it ended up being. And uh, I wrote this piece about what I thought it would be like, like my fantasy. Um, so if you could hit the track. Oh, great! That's the fourth nanny this month that's quit on us. <laughs> well, maybe if you weren't keying their cars every day, they would stick around or something. But I like keying their cars. It makes me feel good and like I can draw. I want a nanny who can be my friend. I want a nanny who will hold my hand. I want a nanny who can roller skate. Calms all my fears, never shows up late. I want a nanny who's a bit naive plants in the garden but brings treats to eat <laughs> i want a nanny who thinks just like me let's us stay up and watch the telly i want a nice nanny yeah yeah i want a cool nanny i want a sweet nanny oh me too Clean, pretty feet, nanny. Fun in the sun, nanny. So clean that it's uncanny. I like it when they're clean, not in a rush, nanny. Never lives just for us, nanny. Little George, what are you doing up? Just a dream, Georgie. <laughs> Nannies like that don't exist. Now let's put you back to bed. Well, maybe one day a nanny like that will be real. Maybe one day a nanny like that will come and stay forever. Did someone say nanny? Who are you? Well, I'm Francesca. I'm your new nanny. Didn't your parents tell you? No, we don't talk to them very much. Oh, well, uh... Hi, nice to meet you. You want to be our nanny? You better show us what you got. Okay. I'm Nanny Franny and I have a lot to tell you. I'm Nanny Franny and I have a lot to say. What you gonna say? I'm Nanny Franny and I have a lot to offer. I nanny part-time to support my stand-up comedy. Once you go Franny, no, you'll never ever want to go back. Oh, is that a fact? <laughs> You've got a lot to do for us. You've got a lot to prove to us. We have a lot of after-school programs, programs. Our parents aren't around a lot. They're paying you to give us love. They're paying you $18 an hour. Yeah, I just got out of preschool. Let's see if she shows up. 
because she talks a big talk about. Tell me, can she walk that walk? Because <laughs> me and my siblings, we've been banned before. Hey, little George, you want some dibs ice cream? My nanny, that's just what I asked for. She is our nanny and she's really, really awesome. She is our nanny and we like the way she looks. Nanny Franny, we love the way you look. It makes sense to us. <laughs> Culturally and in every way. Oh, uh, thanks guys. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm getting a call from my um, talent representation. One second. Hello? Oh shit. <laughs> Six figures? Los Angeles? Tomorrow? All right, let me let the kids know. I'll take it, that's right, I'll take it. Guys, I just got cast as Carmela Soprano in the Disney Plus reboot of The Sopranos. I have to go. No, nanny, no! My first day on set. Action. Uh, Tony, uh, sorry, what's my line? Cut, cut, cut. Francesca, where's your head at? Is there somewhere you'd rather be? I'm sorry, Mr. Scorsese, but yes. I have to go back to New York. I have to go back to my kids. Nanny, you came back. She is our nanny and she will be forever. She is our nanny and she will be till she dies. I am your nanny and I'll swear it with a blood pact. I'll never leave you even after I die. I'll be your ghost nanny. I'll give up my family. I'll give up all my dreams. Even when I'm 103. You'll always be Nanny Franny Thank you Thank you Francesca de Uva Oh gosh, thank you I'm a little winded, I don't usually have to talk after <laughs> that Oh jeez Take a minute I'm actually congested too. <laughs> if anyone has a tissue, just kidding. Does anyone have a tissue? No, it's okay. I can't do that in the mic. <laughs> no, it's okay. Thank you. Though. Maybe afterward. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about nannying. Okay. Why? Can I say I'm scared? Of what? That any families I work for are gonna hear this. Because I don't know if they. Go it's like a date. Like people Google you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And what are you? What are you scared they're going to find <laughs> well, out? Well, that's actually bad that I just said that. Um, <laughs> because na I don't. Th I don't think anyone who <laughs> googled you would even think to be scared until crap. <laughs> until I just said that, yeah, nothing. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fine. I think it'll be okay. Yeah, I think it'll be okay too. Why? Why nannying? When you were you graduated, you're like you're. I'm gonna move to the big city. Why your day job? You're like I'm gonna be a nanny or a babysitter, as you said. Well. I nannied as a kid, not as not a kid kid, <laughs> um, a teenager, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I nannied, yeah, for family, friends, and then our neighbors, and I was pretty good. I like kids. From a very young age, I wanted to be a mother <laughs> um, or parent. Yeah. So, uh, a parent, and uh, I just feel drawn to kids. I feel like, especially with babies, I love them. They're so cute. <laughs> you know, I love them. What is your nannying history thus far? I'm sure, yeah. So I've worked with a range of ages. Uh, the youngest now I feel I've like I'm interviewing yeah, to yeah. be a nanny. <laughs> youngest I've worked for is seven weeks. Wow. Yeah, she was just born two weeks ago. Guess what her name is? What's her name? Francesca. <gasps> and guess if they knew me a year before they named her that. 
I'm going to guess they, they did. did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It wasn't after me. Seems like it's after you. They said, yeah, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm watching her now. And then the oldest kid I watched was, like, probably 10 or 11. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a preference? Yeah. Well, babies. Well, here's what I'll say. <laughs> I think babies <laughs> feed something in my soul. Like, I, I, like, you don't have to talk to them. And I'm not that good at talking to kids who are verbal, like, mm-hmm. older than, like, four. But I love babies because you can just, like, hang out and look <laughs> at them and, like, you know, look at how you touch bread or something. I don't know, anything anything like that. And then, But then it gets boring because, actually, I am an adult and I do <laughs> want to s- talk and have ideas and th- things like that. So sometimes it's easier with older kids because the time passes faster. Sure. So that's what I would say. What was your nanny situation like when you first conceived of this song? Oh, yeah. I guess that's why I'm worried about them Googling. Um, <laughs> it was fine. I worked for this family <laughs> that I'm no longer in contact <laughs> with. <laughs> but I did love them. Related to this song? Well, they just inspired me because they loved Mary Poppins. And oh, they okay. used to play uh, the song. I think I actually Googled it tonight. It's called The Perfect Nanny. Uh, does anyone know it? It's like, yeah, if you have a disposition, have a cheery disposition. <laughs> Yeah, they know it, yeah. So um, I thought that was funny, and uh, yeah, the Mary Poppins thing. <laughs> so it was because that family liked Mary Poppins. You're like, in some ways, I'm the Mary Poppins of this family. Well, I thought it was kind of awkward that they were listening to it in front of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just felt like I'm so far from that, you know? And they they knew that. <laughs> or like, they made it very clear to me yeah. that that's not what I was. How did um, they do that? Sorry. Maybe there's too many questions. You know, like uh, microaggressions, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they never told me. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you go from microaggressions, that, to I'm going to – what is the feeling like? I think there's a comedic song in this. Oh, I don't know, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, to be honest, one night I used to be on fire with ideas, I feel. You know, I used to be like – you know, I have a show tomorrow. I'm going to write something tonight to do. And that was, I like uh, wanted to write something new. And actually, here's a story. My father died of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know I bring That's it up a lot. It up. I bring it up a lot. My father died of COVID that night. Actually, my cousin who's here, he was getting dinner with my family that night. And I chose to stay home and write something for the show, and it ended up being Nanny Franny. And I, it was like, it was like inspiration hit me, you know, when it just like, like I wrote it in a blur. But now I think back on it, it was like I list, I missed one of the last chances I could have dinner with my dad um, to write Nanny Franny. Sorry to laugh, uh, but, but you know what? <laughs> Here's what I'll say: it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no it. You do the math; it's worth it. <laughs> because what I think of is like I could have gone home the next Saturday and I didn't Yeah, it's little <laughs> you know you can't blame the goalie for losing the game in PKs you know like I like they live so close I could have gone home more often to yeah, see yeah. my dad I'm not going to think of that one night that I missed dinner that yeah that year. one night you, yeah it's no different than the other nights it's just a coincidence it was right it was a coincidence <laughs> So, yeah, I'm actually chill, and sorry I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, it does come into my mind a lot, because I don't have that feeling. Well, I, have it, I haven't had that feeling of, like, 
you just like th- have an idea that comes to you and then you write it in one night. Like yeah. it doesn't happen that often, but it happened with Nanny Franny. When you had the idea, do you, what was the idea? And then what then do you do? Like there's so much, so many parts of this song. There's the music. And well, the music I came first. I like wrote like that piano chord progression. Yeah. And it's just like four chords and it, it just felt like that anything could go on that and then i was thinking like musical like before you even did anything or you wrote yeah, it to yeah, it? Oh, yeah yeah i just recorded that and then like musical theater came into my head and like <laughs> mary poppins sure yeah and like i like when i write things like that for there to be like a big turn at like the one third <laughs> mark do you know what it like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's like a pretty big turn in yeah, that it's song. like mary poppins <laughs> and then it becomes like a pop kind of like uh yeah thing did you so you had that part you had the mary poppins thing then do you go okay the turn i'm gonna write the music of the turn first or the, i'm gonna write what the turn is going to be and oh. it's gonna be you entering the scene and being Nanny usually Fran- when i have the idea i write the music first and then this the words come on top yeah actually i didn't finish writing the words to the song till like maybe a month ago or something <laughs> that's an exaggeration but i was like i performed it unfinished for a long time you would just riff at the i part. would just riff at parts i didn't have lyrics to but i knew but i knew it was like the beginning is the kids singing about the nanny they want and then i come in and i'm silly franny yeah and and then i and then the hollywood thing happens like I knew that that was like, th- and then I come back. Yeah, you knew the four acts. The uh, yes, exactly. So you're like, okay, yeah. this is four acts. Do you? Right. You're like, so you saw, okay, there's the arc. Mm-hmm. This is the music for that arc, and then I'll figure out the words for that yes, story. Yes, exactly. Um, I want to talk about music about a second because so you your background is in music. You have a degree in uh, computer. You know that's debatable, but yeah. You have a degree. Look, the one on the internet it says you have a degree in computer music composition. <laughs> Yes. So did you get that degree for music? Did you get the degree to do comedy? To do comedy? No. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a very... Um, No, my face is hot right now. Uh, (laughs) Now, I have like an issue with music. Yes, I I love composing, but I have always felt an inferiority complex. This is what I practiced saying on stage because I knew I was going to get asked about it. (laughs) And I think I'm more naturally gifted at being funny. But I do think I have a skill at writing like pop songs mm-hmm. and at, like at like catchy music or like songs that have like musical theater kind of things. And I think like my skill at that is particularly funny. So that's why I do the songs. Got it. So they it, it informs each other. Did you ever do comedy that wasn't music? Yeah, but for not for very long. Like I also have an inferiority complex in that way around like writing jokes and doing stand up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the thing that when I the first time I saw it that I was amazed by it, the, the the character switching. I don't know if I've ever seen mm-hmm. a comedy song where a person plays, I don't know, six people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you ca- like? Do you picture those people? Like, okay, there's this little kid, there's this taller little girl, there's the little baby. I'm not a visual person. Got it. So, to me, did you imagine their voices? You ha- you had their no. To me, it's just like these are all me, or like I. <laughs> To me, it's just like these are the people that would be in a real musical, and I don't have those actors, so I need to do that. <laughs> but I would, I, I, to me, it's like I don't know. Like if I put out a casting call for Little George, I don't know what he would look like. You know? Well, it'd be a baby who could sing. Right, it'd be a baby. <laughs> Maybe one of my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should, next time, you should bring them out and see if yeah. we can do it. Um, what does the Sopranos mean to you? Oh well, good question. I'm Thank actually uh, from New Jersey. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad is uh, Italian or was Italian, uh, Italian American specifically. And uh, actually, the like my dad grew up in Newark, New Jersey. I didn't watch The Sopranos till after he died, um, but I don't know every all the locations where they shoot and stuff. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? watch it because after he died you're like I'm gonna I watch think it, no during the pandemic it was having a comeback yeah yeah I and know. then but then it felt su- well we used to go to Holston's the diner okay spoiler the last scene <laughs> I'm not gonna say what happens but that diner where they are we grew up I used to go to that diner and at the the booth where they sat there was like a Sopranos thing yeah, plaque yeah. And we were always like oh that's cool but no <laughs> nobody in my family watched it <laughs> but then in the last scene when I was watching the show, I cried. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I go there. Yeah. That's like my family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, how do you set up a song like this when you're performing? Like tonight, we were like, what information, oh, <laughs> what do you have to do? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, tonight, I was like, what am I going to say? I don't know. The jokes around the nannying, I don't know. They change every time. How do I set it up? Well, that's, I think you answered it. What I need, what usually, usually I like to say something about nannying. I try to make it feel current. I got some stories. And then I have to say, like, so I used to have all these ideas of what nannying would be mm-hmm. like. This is the fantasy of what. But I, p- this song was in a, like, kind of a big show I did in the fall. And I don't remember how I set it up for that. Was that kind of like that? It was? Yeah, yeah. You saw it? Yeah, you My sent show? me. My show? You sent me the. Oh. Oh, the link. Okay. Yeah, 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 the link. <laughs> okay. Do you so parts of the show are that show that you're allergic to is choreographed. Did you cor- do you choreograph this? What is what is the dancing part of this? It all comes very naturally. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh, for that show, yeah, I was working with a director, and they kind of wanted me to have some things yeah. to use the space. But you know what? We really choreographed this part with Mo- Martin Scorsese. <laughs> that felt like when I was doing it in like a weird. Space space it kind of mattered but i forgot it tonight what the choreography was um have you played this song for (laughs) kids or parents you've nannied parents yes because they came to that show i did in november and i forgot they were there (laughs) and then i was talking about being a nanny you know what i said i was doing this joke that was like you know i'm a nanny but the question i've always had is like am i allowed to eat (laughs) while i'm nannying and they were there and they were like yes And then I was able to name the kind of snacks they have. Because every family, you know, has different snacks. Sure, yeah, of course. So they saw it. But that's the only those are, that's the only one. I think the audience wants to know what snacks do they, they have. Just a, the Oh, what did, they had a lot of dried mango. That <laughs> stood out to me. I they, that kid ate a lot of dried mango. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you, uh, I could run through what these all are. No, I saw it. Cool. Um, I feel like, you know, I was trying to think, like, I don't know. Okay. You know, I was telling my girlfriend about this joke that I wish I could steal. Sure. But I don't really wish I could steal it. It's okay. I just love it. Yeah, that's okay. And I was just thinking, because I don't know that many, I know a lot of comedians, obviously, personally. But I'm not, like, a fan (laughs) of comedians. No, I am. Oh, shit. I'm in trouble. I just don't go out, and I'm not like, oh, I got to watch this special or listen to this thing. Sure. But I used to watch, I used to listen to Two Dope Queens a lot, and Joe Firestone was on their show once, and she did a bit about Daddy Dollars. I don't know if you've seen, yeah, but that makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard I joke to steal because it's a long it's story. Her, and it's her dad had Daddy Dollars. Yes. You know what? Just go look that up. Yeah, it's But great. I love it. 
Francesca de Uva. <laughs> Thanks so much. You can leave it on the chair. That was Francesca de Uva, and we'll be right back with Stradio Lab's Sam Taggart and George Tavares. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. We are back with Good One Live, part two. So next up is Sam Taggart and George Tavares, hosts of the podcast Stradio Lab, a podcast I love. Uh, each episode, a guest comes on to discuss and dissect an often abstract element from straight culture, be it maps, carpeting, celebrating love, or, and I quote, some but not all bars. In each of these episodes, they have a segment called Straight Shooters that I will let them explain. Look, if, if you know Sam and George, you love them. If you don't, you will soon. So here are Stranger Lab Sam Taggart and George Sabaris. Hi. Hi. Thanks, oh, Jesse. Oh my God, Hi. Hi. How's everyone doing? Hi. Hi. Sorry, did wow. we come up weird? We came up know. weird, Something's right? Weird. We didn't mean to come up weird. Is this being taped for HBO? Why is it so bright? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Is this two dope queens? Are we the new queens? <laughs> they named us. Wow. Well, I accept. <laughs> um, wow, I guess we have to introduce it. Introduce. What we're doing. Yeah, well, first of all, hi. Hi. Um, let's start there. Um, and on top of that, I, just to piggyback off of that yeah. thought, um, we're Sam and George. Right. I'm... Sam and that's George. That's right. Um, and, and we are the yeah to sort of add to, to that. Add to that. Yeah. To take it a step further. Yeah. Since it's Friday, I'll say that we are the co-hosts of a podcast called Radio Lab, and that is yeah. a and that is a pun on the podcast Radio Lab. Yeah, puns are valid. Sometimes, sometimes Radio Lab will come up in my life, and I'll be like, they're copying us. <laughs> No, it actually. I have to remember. You know, one time I literally was like, "Yeah, I host a podcast called Radio Lab," and someone was like, "Oh, you host Radio Lab?" <laughs> and the weirdest part was they didn't say that to me. They said like, "And this next comedian is a host of Radio Lab." Oh, they then said it. <laughs> brought at me show? up as that, and I was like, "Okay." But luckily, there were a total of eight people in the crowd, so what I don't. What is Radio Lab? Honestly, don't ask questions you don't want to find out the answer I'm to. Like, I don't. At this point, if I found out, it would really ruin a lot. But to piggyback off of that, yeah. what is Radio Lab? You know what I mean? 
Okay, but to take one <laughs> step back from that, I am sort of like, is Radiolab, what if it, is it problematic? Like, what if we're copying something that's like right wing? Don't tell us. <laughs> In my mind, Radiolab is like, this is an episode and it's dedicated to the refugee crisis, but the guest is like Katie Couric. Yeah, I think that's right. My my impression of Radiolab is sort of like water. We drink it all the time, but where does it come from? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, please welcome Trevor Noah. <laughs> Get him. Um, well, should we, like, introduce right, sort of so, what we're... Well, we should say what the podcast is about. Oh, that's true. Unlike Radiolab, it's not right-wing, so let's start there. <laughs> but it is conservative. Right. <laughs> Well, we're sort of, you know, it's sort of um, William F. Buckley conservative. Uh, Don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but I support it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying we're like, you know, buttoned up libertarians. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, guys. run with that. I'm just kidding. Is the Times here? Print that. I'm just kidding. We're not libertarians. We're classic centrists. <laughs> we you believe know, everything's going great and we, we should just want, keep it. We want the military budget to be higher, but we want everyone in it to be LGBTQ+. <laughs> um, uh, well, you're a genius. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm no Trevor Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Um, get him! <laughs> so, the podcast, would you like to say what it's about? Potentially? Uh, do I have to? Yeah. Okay. So basically, we have a podcast, and um, in it, we unpack a different element of straight, straight culture. culture. Every so that's where the straight part of it. So that's sort of where the straight pun comes in. Now the rest of it is sort of like we're in a lab. <laughs> so in that sense, it's science. So that's sort of what the name means. Exactly. It's pretty and literal. And also, we got to do a photo shoot where we were scientists. Yeah, we love a photo shoot. Yeah, we sort of reverse engineered it. We were like, well, we want to do a photo shoot. What's something we could do that would warrant that? A podcast, I guess. Sure, I'll lower yeah, myself. All right, sure. I guess I'll buy a microphone <laughs> and never learn how to use it for three years. <laughs> True. Okay, so, and then, so we have <laughs> some examples, let's say some examples of topics. You know, they can range from like, okay, you're mad at me. I'm not mad. I just think we should get into the segment. Okay, you're right. But, I mean. Okay, they can be football or something else. Okay. <laughs> okay, so do you want to explain the segment or should I? I think you should. You're so good at oh it. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so the we do a segment sort of in the middle of each episode called Straight Shooters where um, we ask the guest a series of rapid-fire questions to gauge their familiarity with and complicity in straight culture where they have to choose one thing or another thing. And the one rule is they can't ask any follow-up questions about how the game works. Yes, and so today we are going to play that game, I believe, with someone in the audience. Um, and, and in fact, now would be the time to raise your hand like to participate. <laughs> if that is something that interests you at all, Please. well, there I, we, we go. We, we, re we value um, just being rapid in your response. Yeah. Um, you can grab that microphone if you want, if you're not too afraid of making your voice loud. This is the honor of a lifetime, to be on Stradio Lob, your first episode under, ah! under the rebrand. Oh, my God, Stradio Lob. Oh, Stradio Lob. It's because Lob you were Batman. We were both going to get lobs, the haircut, but <laughs> then we didn't. That. It was all part of a really complicated bit. Damn. Wow. Wait, wait. Oh, so oh no. Okay, cool. Stradio lob. I love it. Stradio lob. Um, when we're live, is Stradio lob. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the power dynamic, I should Please. be sitting down. Please. And we can share this chair, actually. Yeah. Hmm. We have such so small asses. What is your name, and what are your pronouns, and what is your favorite character 
in Sex and the City. <laughs> my name is Jared. My pronouns are he, him. Jared. 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 Like the gallery of but Jared. 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 So the human name Jared. Okay. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no, yeah. Jared is actually beautiful, and thank you for inventing something today. <laughs> Flip slurp. <laughs> I'll rebrand my name. Okay. It's yeah. not too late for that. We, we'll do a baptism like that Justin Bieber uh, priest. Thank you. Um, Jared, <laughs> pronouns are he, him, and I would... I'm just going to go and say Carrie. I've never watched Sex in the City, so that's my first problem. Okay, first and of all, I have relax. A no, I say get mad. <laughs> I say riot. And I say we should celebrate his humanity, and he's no less of a citizen because he hasn't watched I think it. we should burn Jared at the stake. <laughs> Okay, at so at least it's not me if it's Sharon. <laughs> I do have a friend who's currently on a crusade to get me to watch Sex in the City. My perspective has been a bit tainted because the era of podcasting in which we currently uh -huh. exist also overlapped with the Sex in the City. And just like that. Exactly. So I have heard a full hour-long recap of every episode of And Just Like That right. that now influences my Sex in the City. That may be Jaren, but <laughs> I, I will fall. I, you know, of course, I celebrate your humanity, but I do still Thank think you. you should watch Sex in the City. You should. Um, I have seen Happy Endings with Adam Pally, so I checked one box. Well, shout out to Adam Pally. And also, by the way, I, this is through no fault of anyone's but my own, but I was late and I missed Adam Pally. Um, and that sucks. And <laughs> let me tell you something. Talk about gay versus straight culture. There he bridged go. the two. He's by both. He's both. Yeah. I thought he was gay know, for like 10 years. I know. I still sort of do. Yeah, I'm still hoping. He was a lot of for me. He was both uh, a first gay character in my life when I was pirating. I mm -hmm. contributed of to course. the cancellation of Happy Endings. I pirated the episodes. Oh, Sorry to everyone involved sad. with Happy but Endings. That's but right. he was also my first OBGYN representation on the Mindy Project. So I had a lot of conflicted feelings. Like, Are uh, you I an OBGYN? No. Oh. But he was the first one that I saw on television. Okay. Before that, you didn't know women could have doctors. <laughs> exactly. I had never met a woman. Yeah. Okay, Name we should do woman. our segment. We should. Oh my God, Sam, you're in such a rush. I'm like, I just feel like we're in someone else's house. No, you're right, you're right. And right, like, right. Okay. we like can't just do what we do. Just... You're for a second doubting you. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, um, you know the rules. We're gonna ask I you a series of rapid fire questions. No follow questions. Are you ready to play? As ready as I'm gonna be. Okay. Um, do Jared. we get the background music? We don't have we it. We don't have it. That was, I guess <laughs> technically that was a follow-up question. But oh, we do have so Straight Lobs backup background music. <laughs> which is just, which just uh, Say So by Doja Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get like a live nanny pranny in the background? <laughs> okay, Jared, swearing off men after a bad date or swearing on your dad's life and your mom's grave? <laughs> swearing on my dad's life and mom's grave. Okay, Jared, obfuscating the truth or abdicating your responsibilities as a father? <laughs> obfuscating the truth. Okay, we need to talk about Kevin. Or the problem with a poo. <laughs> the problem with a poo. Okay. Treading lightly when talking about class or relying heavily on your tits and ass. <laughs> relying heavily on my tits and ass. Okay. A tentative yes or a permanent hex? <laughs> tentative yes. <laughs> okay. Calling something Kafka-esque or sending an email from a standing desk. <laughs> sending an email from a standing desk. Okay, Radiohead or Roadhead? Roadhead. This place is packed to the rafters or this comic is relying on Clapter? 
this place is packed with the rafters. Wow. 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 Give out. it up. Give it up. Give it up for Jared. Oh, wait, hold on. Don't you dare move. <laughs> what do you think he got? I think, first of all, cut the track. <laughs> wow, that was so commanding. Uh, I think that, well, let's say it together. Okay. Okay, I think he got an 83 dubs. Du <laughs> no, wait, 800. Oh, 803 doves. Yeah. Out of 1,000. Out of 1,000. Thank you. Give it up. Give so it up for Jared. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> Should should we like can keep sharing our chair? Yeah, sharing our chair. <laughs> we both have such small asses. <laughs> Stop relying on that. <laughs> Stop relying on that teeny tiny ass. I'm so sorry, I messed it up. Honestly, I no. So this bad. is really on brand for us to be for it to be spelled Stradio Lob. <laughs> There's something to it. It's actually we're gonna change the name. Of yeah, Stradio Lob. it's like a parody of our name in a way that I kind of like. Yeah, it's like a drag name. <laughs> It's <laughs> sorry, I know I keep going back to lo the lob as a hairstyle, but imagine walking in. The I'll get the straight lob. <laughs> I have to be honest, I don't know what a lob is. Long bob. Oh! <laughs> You're screaming. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so, first question I feel like they've already got a sense, but I feel like um, I want to get a sense of your dynamic. So, um, which one of. To, to bring Adam Sandler here again. Wow, he really is the central figure. Oh. Yeah. Um, uh, which one of you is the Chuck and which one is the Larry? I of actually, course. this is so easy. Sorry, yeah, keep well, going. Well, I, I should set up for those, that, you know, <laughs> referring to Adam Sandler's 2007 pro-gay marriage propaganda film. Yeah. I pronounce you Chuck and Larry, uh, in which Adam Sandler plays Chuck. I assumed he would play a Larry. Seems more like an Adam Sandler name. <laughs> Nonetheless, which one is a Chuck and which one is a Larry? I am Chuck and George is Larry. George is Larry is like Larry's like very family values. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Larry is the one that pitches the whole idea because he and he misses his wife the whole time. I'm sorry, but that's very George. Okay. Um, whereas Chuck's sort of the bad boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's like, well, he's also sort of performatively horny, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Like, his whole thing is like, look at those bazonkas, <laughs> like when he sees Jessica Biel. Hmm, who are you to say whether it's performative or whether it's authentic? Right, right. Well, I think the tension is where the humor comes from. <laughs> that I could say the same about you. Huh. <laughs> Final answer. Is Final. that a good answer? Yes, great. <laughs> you got that answer correct. Um, second question. Are podcast segments gay or straight? Wow. Uh, um, well. I actually, to be honest, I think, I think they're kind of straight. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I thought you were gonna do like a. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go. I feel like the. Uh, I feel like they are sort of obvious, self-evidently straight. So I thought you were gonna have some like huge justification about how they're gay because you're like, you know, to be honest, like don't tell anyone I said this, but they're fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> Why yeah. are they straight? Um, what do you think of a straight structure? Podcast? Structure. They're trying to put something in a box. They're literally enumerating. Well, it's sort of saying like, let's try to control ideas. Exactly. It's giving. It's it's giving icebreakers. Yeah. Um, because a podcast, there it really can be anything. Yeah. You can like have such a free flowing expression of ideas, and instead we're like, hmm, what if we do a little word game now? Yeah, it's like um, it's like people are afraid to just have a conversation, so they constantly think that they need to like come up with games to play. God forbid they like express an original thought. 
So straight. Yeah, yeah. And yet, your, your podcast has two. Yes, well, we're redefining. <laughs> yeah, we're queering the segment, actually. So uh, when coming up with this podcast, and you're like, should we have segments? Mm-hmm. And what would these segments be? And this is a segment that we heard. How did we get here? Wait, do you guess. remember our, our discarded idea for a segment? Um, yeah, we were always pro-segment, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. It, right. it, it's a, you know, we are also afraid of our full capacity as thinkers. Um, and so we put limits on ourselves, such as segments. Right. Um, but also, everything is a little wink. I mean, the fact that the podcast is called Radio Lab is, of course, a wink to the most right-wing podcast, <laughs> Radio Lab. And so after that, it's like everything is like, we, the segments we landed on, I feel like, are making fun of the concept of sex. I mean, the fact that we're asking literally like nonsensical questions. It's true. We had one segment that was um, called Today in Straight History. Yeah. And we thought we were going to do a pre-scripted, like each episode would have a pre-scripted, <laughs> like fake historical account of a day in history. So it would be like the first ever IPA was created. Yeah. You know, like yeah. things like everyone's groaning, everyone's walking out. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work, but there, there somewhere is a recording of us doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, when you first started doing straight shooters, it was like actually asking people between a gay thing and a straight thing. Yes. <laughs> like, it would be like uh, Chuck or Larry, maybe. But then it's now uh, an opportunity for you to do punts. Right. And rhyme. Yeah, and, and rhyme. rhyme, yeah. It's really an opportunity for you to rhyme to a Yeah. I think at the beginning it was like, there would be like, th- each one of us does four. So usually I would have written like three normal, like truth or dare. Like just like a yeah. silly thing or like true or false, whatever. And then the last one would be like slightly funny. Yeah. And then we got, and then we just started going off. We're <laughs> off. <laughs> we went off the rails, um, which... I've <laughs> I've always loved just a little word game. <laughs> also, like yeah. it is, some, it's funny to like half take it ser- seriously, where you're like, okay, well, conceptually these are linked, because <laughs> like, well, this is like about this, and this is about this, so really, this is an interesting question, and it's like, no, it's a rhyme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would say in general, we're like, it's like fifty percent of the things we say have some deeper meaning, and fifty percent don't, and it's the audience's job to decide <laughs> what's what. <laughs> Yeah. So where where do you get your ideas? Where mm, books? Yeah. So you're just reading a book. And you're like, I'm reading constantly. I'm reading constantly. Yeah. Art. I just can't help but be inspired yeah. when I'm looking at a painting. How I, we've never talked about our process when writing street. <laughs> well, yeah. Why you're on this podcast right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Wait. Do you have a process? Genuinely, no. For <laughs> for a while, I would just look around my house, which is why during the pandemic, half of them were like hand sanitizer or, you know mask you know <laughs> like it was just like truly and same with shout outs all of my shout outs were like i like to give a shout out to my desk it's where i sit <laughs> i will say this is a i'm about to say something shocking lately i have been toying with a rhyming dictionary <gasps> only a couple of times when i'm really stuck when i'm really stuck and it's like last minute we're about to record and i'm like god i like forgot to write like my last one i have three and i need one more and i'll think of like a funny word and type it in. I've only done that a couple of times. I can't believe I'm finding this out here on stage. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much of a process. I feel like I'm like, try to do a random word generator in my head and then see if something rhymes with it or think of a phrase or think of <laughs> yeah. anything at all. See if anything's in there. I lo- it's also like you, s- you think of one thing 
that is sort of not funny, like, you know, being on a stage. And then you're like, okay, what has this a similar <laughs> cadence? Sure, yes. And then you like reverse engineer it from there. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it. So, so you do the segment. What do you learn about the guest? You know, what, what do we learn about Jaren? Right. Well, we learn that Jaren is a born performer. That's um, right. We learn... And, uh, you know, listeners of the podcast know that we judge entirely on um, the performance. It's there's no right or wrong answer. It's sort of are you confident? Are you nervous? Like how do you tell a story? Um, and uh, I that's mostly what we learn. Yeah, and it's well, this has developed, I would say, organically over time. But I feel like what ends up being hopefully funny about it is that people think they're being judged on their answers, but they are being judged on how they are behaving. <laughs> when to, to, so they they they. Because everyone's big question is like, do I choose a thing that's straight or do I choose a thing that I like? Like, and we're like, no, no, no. it's all about playing with the form, having yes. confidence. Even, <laughs> even like, if someone like takes a while to answer, we'll be like, we love that you took it seriously. <laughs> or then, but then sometimes people will answer immediately, and we'll be like, we love that you immediately knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> and th this is a tangent, but this is a, uh, exactly a thing I've talked about recently about Drag Race, where people think. The, there's contestants who think the goal is to win the challenge by being good at 100%. it. 100%. Actually, the challenge is just there for you to be yourself. Yes. Yeah. We're pretty much sponsored by World of Wonder. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I do, it's, I, I like when we have like strangers on our podcast because they are like, they get really caught up in the rules and it's like, there's truly, it, this is stupid. We are stupid. <laughs> this is a podcast. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it to you. <laughs> I think that's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, part of this segment is the setting up of the segment. That's you know, right. which is always an important part uh, as a person who listens. You, tr you track who's going to set it up and what's the power dynamic of who sets up each thing because your podcast is a podcast about making a podcast. Right. Correct. Uh, <laughs> speak on that. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, this was, a, this was very much a running joke in the beginning of the podcast where everything we did, we would, we would lose entire episodes just talking about, like, the fact that we were recording and how weird that was. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of miss it, but also it I does know. make sense to move on. I know. Um, <laughs> but I feel like at the beginning, um, I really hated um, canned phrasing at all. And I was really like, I can't do it. <laughs> I <laughs> and actually, so George I would fully pick up the slack. But we also both, like, we are still learning how to remember to even, like, if someone has something they have, want to plug, it's like, it caused me physical pain to be like, <laughs> listen to his podcast, good one. <laughs> But but then but then you're like okay but that person's like trying to do their job and guess what we're not paying them so like it's like we have to at some point step up and and it's, do basic things that you do when someone's on a podcast it's insane because literally like it when people plug our show and we go on their show it's like so nice and so natural yeah, and we're right. like that actually helps and it's like thank yeah. you but then when they're on ours it's like well no this is actually no, this art is punk rock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we do do it now but but to, but sometimes answer, but Sam is right that like. To like we never want to be like uh, I don't know I, like have it feel like so welcome to the first sec like we always it has to start as a joke so that people know it's a joke but maybe we're not confident enough yeah sometimes I think we need to just like not be trying so hard to be cool we're sort of very bad at our jobs <laughs> is the thing and we don't have any Instagram followers yeah <laughs> which is chic I'm trying to rebrand it as I know we're like what I it's like we like love our private lives. Yeah, we don't want to seem desperate by trying. <laughs> <laughs> How 
how do you come up with doves? Where both? Where did the doves go? Oh, okay. Well, Sam, you can take this one. Well, um, in the year 2020, a little-known singer, um, Lady Gaga, put out an album called Chromatica, and on that album. <laughs> She's a listener. She's, She's a listener. She's, a listener. Um, She's here. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hi, mother. Um, <laughs> but she had a song called 1,000 Doves. And at the time, this was also, you know, we have started to think of the podcast as a little bit more of a serious thing. But at the time, it was truly like, everything is pointless. Everything is stupid. Let's just rate them on a scale of 1 to 1,000 Doves because Chromatica just came out and mm -hmm. we like it. I also think we, <laughs> the first time we did it was a one-off joke yeah it wasn't it was like wouldn't it be so stupid if we ra rated you on a scale of one to one thousand doves and i think because after the segment is over there's sort of an awkward silence where <laughs> no one knows what to say it was <laughs> it became like it made sense to just be like oh great then we'll like rate you on a scale of one to one thousand doves i also think it used to mean like in the past it would be like well you get two doves but like actually having less doves is good and we used to like play with like that yeah that's and then right. now actually people have gotten upset and they're like why didn't i get a thousand like why only 820. Yeah. yeah but then you have to be like well you know liz fair's album got a zero on pitchfork but it was good <laughs> You'll often refer to Stradio Lab as a gay comedy podcast. Mm -hmm. So, um, does that mean you're a comedy podcast that is gay, a gay podcast that is comedic, or a podcast that does gay comedy? Ooh. Wow. I will say, I thought of that question a year ago. <laughs> and I've been waiting to say it. I don't care what your answer You could have just no, emailed no, no, us. No, no. no, I'm waiting for this moment. Yeah. I've seen you since then. I'm sure, like, oh, we boy, know you pretty well at this point. Uh, okay, so... Okay, wait, so a, a comedy podcast that is gay, a gay podcast that is comedy, or a... What's a the gay, or is your a podcast that does gay comedy? Oh, I think it's a comedy podcast that is gay. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I guess my <laughs> question would be, what is the difference between that and a podcast that does gay comedy? Oh, so you... Okay, hold on. Like, I, like I think, because my, th I think the comedy is gay. Like, it is a gay sensibility. It is a gay sensibility, but we also are very. But we are comedy bang bang. We're comedy. <laughs> I think we're unrelentingly and you're, comedy. Okay, I agree with Sammy. You can uh, each choose one, or you can answer both. Can time. you remind us what joke joke is? Sure, it's a joke joke, like a street joke, like a dad oh, joke. Oh, tell a joke. Oh, it's tell a joke oh, that is a okay. joke that you would never tell on stage other than the context of, I ask you if you want to. I have a favorite time I bombed. Great. I uh, do too, actually. Yeah, that's a good one. Which bombing, as we all know, is a sleigh. It's kind of funny inherently. <laughs> but well, if you've never bombed, you've never taken a risk. Yeah, Maybe grow up. Literally um, try doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, one time... Um, like Jenna Friedman was like running an hour and she like I did the show before her show and she was like do you want to like and it was like the show I did was fully like the bit of the show was like everyone improvises a set so I just like riffed the whole time and it was fun and she was like oh do you want to open for me r right after this and I was like oh okay like I kind of wasn't planning on it and um I was like but sure yeah whatever and then I did and just ate total shit the entire time and there were like she was like inviting like her friends who are like cool and like <laughs> molly uh, obama was there no you know who was there ray from hbo's girls 
I ate complete shit in front of Ray from HBO's Girls in, in a way that, like, literally the audience was yelling at me. Like, they were, like, one guy even was like, hey, man, you need a shot? It looks like you could use one. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, it was so, so, so bad. She was angry at me. Ray will never speak to me. Uh, and I literally, Ray was also sitting on my coat. And so uh, to leave, I had to go up to him and be like, hey, excuse me. <laughs> Can I get my coat? And he's like, yeah. But like, no like good, tr no acknowledgement that he had had to watch me for 10 minutes. It was like the most painful thing. And I truly like had a full week of like, I need to check in with myself and like figure something else out. And um, wow. it was it was actually huge, a horrible bomb. And I've never taken a risk since. <laughs> and guess what? We're here now. <laughs> Um, okay, wait, I, w I thought we were going to have to answer all of them, and I was panicking backstage, and so I just looked up Joan Rivers' jokes. <laughs> but, but I just want to share one. I found, actually, on Vulture.com, your employer, um, an article from 2014 that had the best Joan Rivers jokes, and one was, you want to confuse Cindy Crawford? Ask her to spell mom backwards. <laughs> Um, so I guess that would be the joke that I wish I had thought of. <laughs> um, favorite time I bombed. <laughs> oh, See, do, do we only have to do one? You only have to do one, but oh. now you've already... Now you well, but that was thing. like a fake answer because I, it's, it's, I just so found out about that joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll go very quickly. You're, you, okay, everyone's, everyone's annoyed. Okay, um, <laughs> this is a very... I think I've told you a story before, but this is a, this is like really encapsulates where we were in like early 2017. So this is like Trump, like Women's March has just happened. Every comedy show is a fundraiser. And there's also like an activist that comes out midway through and talks about like systemic inequality. And so I was doing a drag brunch in Boston that was raising money for various different organizations. And so after each performer, a representative from the organization would come out and talk about that organization. And all of them were the most depressing things you could possibly imagine. So the audience would warm up like a tiny bit and then someone would come out and be like, slavery, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's all fine. But the person that went before me was a, a sort of drag performance um, performed by a cisgender woman, by the way. So, uh, you know, drag is generous. <laughs> where she... Where, Get her! Where she... Um, the reveal was that she took off her uh, clothes and she was covered in red paint and it said nasty woman in red paint on her body. And it was to Florence and the Machine song. <laughs> and then right after that I had to go up and I did not do very well. Straight your labs. <laughs> Thank you. That was Straight Labs, Sam Taggart and George Tavares. And we're right back with Marsha Belsky. And we're back with Good One Live, part two. You know, sometimes a comedian just needs that one joke, that one bit, something that for whatever reason just resonates with hundreds or thousands or millions of people and immediately gets them on board with a comedian's whole deal. Years ago, Marsha Belsky wrote a song about the first woman in space that she thought was funny enough. So she performed it on a set for a Comedy Central's YouTube channel early in 2020. 
what she never could have predicted is that song would go like mega uber viral on TikTok. Like, honestly, nothing I had seen to that point with thousands of people lip syncing it or using it as a soundtrack for something completely unrelated. It, it was a phenomenon and it changed her life. And it's a really great joke. So here is Marsha Belsky. How are we doing? Oh my God, I'm Marsha Belsky. I'm so happy to be here. I'm um, I'm just happy to be out of the house. Anyone else? Anybody? Yeah, I feel like I lost all my social skills over the last like three years. You know, like I, I don't know. I used to be cool, and now I feel like maybe, but now I feel like you know I'm out. I'm traveling, and I'm near a group of girls at the bar or something. I just feel like a 90 year old man every time I talk to anybody. <laughs> You know, I'm like, what are y'all drinking? Mmm, <laughs> hot toddies. I love hot toddies. They're like, ugh. <laughs> Someone get their fucking grandma. Um, I had a, I had a kind of crazy experience where basically um, I had a set for Comedy Central come out right at the beginning, like right when we all went into lockdown, April 2020. And... Um, then, like, six months later, this song that I'm about to play went super viral on TikTok. And I was not on TikTok at the time, you know, because I'm 33. I didn't know we were allowed. Um, we are. We actually do quite well there. And so it was cool because it was, like, all these people um, lip syncing my song. And then I didn't actually think that there would be negative troll comments in response to this, you know, because it's honestly the least political song I've ever written. Like, you know, I have a song about cops on horses. Like, I have a song called All Older White Men Should Die But Not My Dad that, you know, <laughs> that I wrote with my friend Isabel. And it's like, you know, I understand when they get mad about that. You know what I mean? This song I really didn't think would upset people. Um, but it did. There were 16-year-old boys on the internet furious with me, absolutely furious, um, needing to school me. And so this song, maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't, um, but it's the true story, and it is a true story about the first American woman that they ever sent to space whose name was Sally Ride. Mm -mm. Thank you. Remember when NASA sent a woman to space for only six days and they gave her 100 tampons, 100 tampons. And they asked, will that be enough? Cause they didn't know if that was enough. These are our nation's greatest minds. They are literally rocket scientists. They also tied the tampons together by the strings like sausages. 100 tampons, 100 tampons. I can picture it now. Come with me. I'm Sally Ride and I'm going to space for the first time. I'm walking tall. I feel so proud. Then I see a man running panic through the crowd. He's holding a large bag. 
I think, what can this be? And then he hands 100 tampons to me. And then he hands 100 tampons to me for one week. They could have asked me. I would have said maybe 33. Because even if it were my period week, I might have already brought some with me. tampons how does she use a tampon when they tie the strings together 100 tampons don't hate me 525,600 tampons so sorry 525,000 tampons in space Thank you all so much. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Uh, um, how did you stumble upon this information? <laughs> um, I suffer from an illness uh, called being super online. <laughs> and. <laughs> It is debilitating and horrible, especially over the pandemic, I feel like. But I wrote this before. Um, no, it was a Vox.com article. Um, and it's from her oral history. Um, and the actual quote is, um, they're basically asking her, because it wasn't just the tampons. They also designed a makeup kit for her to take with her to space. And she was like, I'm actually good. And then <laughs> they were like, but Sally, you're going to be on camera. And she was like, so are you. <laughs> You ugly motherfuckers. <laughs> um, can I say motherfuckers on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, cool, okay, cool. Because um, I was on New Jersey Public Radio, and they're like, you can't curse. We get fined like $500 every time you curse, and I, I did it twice. Um, <laughs> horrible. But yeah, I saw the newspaper article, and honestly, I think it was like a year later. Like, Because when I see something that I think might be something later, I'll just write it down in like a little notes thing in my phone. Yeah. And then I think it takes a while, sort of emotionally, for me to be ready for it to be funny. Um, well, so, yeah. so, so what? At first, you were just angry. No, I mean, I thought it was funny at first because the actual quote is: "They said is a hundred the right number," and she said that is not the right number. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and now it's nice because I had all these trolls, like I said, but I really like I didn't care except for the fact that it is Sally Ride passed away a while ago. Um, like I think maybe in the early 2000s. But um, her life partner Tam O'Shaughnessy runs the Sally Ride Foundation, and so. But I was always worried, like when the song was coming out, and I get these troll comments being like, "That's not even exactly what happened," or like microgravity or whatever, you know. <laughs> so then I was always my only concern was that somebody like from her people, like from the Sally Ride Foundation, would be like that isn't exactly what happened and Sally wouldn't say, you know what I mean? Like always that kind of a fear. But then I actually a few months ago did a show like a Levi's corporate show and I met Tam O'Shaughnessy was one of the guests on the show and she was like, I love the song. Sally would have loved the song. So I'm like, literally nobody can tell me shit. <laughs> Absolutely nobody can give me shit ever again because I'm like, if Sally's people like the song, I don't 
care. I don't care if a 16 year old boy literally tweeting at me from like Bangladesh is like upset. You know what I mean? So once you sat on it for a year, what do you do when you're like oh, time to time to crack this one? <laughs> yes. Well, I actually misremembered the story. So I originally wrote it as a thousand tampons, and then. <laughs> Um, and then funnily enough, like my friend's like funny, like men's rights activist friend was like, feminists can't even be funny without lying. And I was like, well, okay, I'll change the song. And then I was actually really bummed. Cause I was like, it's not going to be as funny if it's like a hundred. And my friend was like, it's still ridiculous. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Um, so then, yeah, I just, we wrote, and at first, like we kind of, the song was about like the bridge was about the math and how like they thought it was going to come out of her ears and her eyes and like what their real fear was, you know what I mean? Um, Cause at first I did it with my friend Isabel and then um, like we kind of stopped working on it together. Cause I was just messing around on it at home. She was like, just do it as a solo song. And then um, I came up with the bridge. Cause I was like, I just want to imagine like Sally ride being like, I'm the first woman in space. And they're like, <laughs> like throwing the tampons at her slow motion, you know? Do you start with the music or do you start with the, like, how did it start? Did you go like, what is the music that fits this thing? It's always like both. Cause it's like, cause the, the way the music is like kind of affects the punchline. So it's like, I'll, I'll have the joke idea. Then I'll start writing the song and then more jokes come once I have like the rhythm of the song, Yeah, you know? Um, the thing that I always forget is that the premise, you just start right in the premise. You go, remember when this happened and you say it and you get like a pause break with just the idea that this happened. Is that, has that always played like that when every time you do it where people are just like, they can't pull with that it? song? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny cause I use it as a gauge where it's like, if I get to a hundred tampons and that doesn't even get a reaction, it's like, Oh, you hate me. There's <laughs> nothing I can do. Like, or it's like a hostile crowd. Like, you know, <laughs> I did a show recently not in New York and I don't want to say where because I absolutely loved the venue like but it was like it was just interesting because there was some this guy sat right in the front just going like be funny be funny and I do this song called White Christian God that's basically about how ridiculous the idea is that like God owns Chick-fil-A and is like trying to like criminalize trans people you know what I mean yeah and then um, <laughs> this girl his stupid fucking drunk girlfriend was like I was like I get to 100 tampons he's still fucking heckling me I'm like you're just a loser she goes maybe he's a Christian <laughs> so Mimi he was upset and I was like yeah if they're so uptight that even 100 tampons is like too political like it was literally being shared in like corporate slacks <laughs> like I'm like if this is too political for you you're a full just like misogynist I mean I don't know any softer way to put it like so, so as you said the second so you have the first part which is like here it is and then you downshift to a very musical theatery part or more yeah. and guilty um, you didn't start doing music. Comedy. I said I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but for, so, ha talk about sort of how you were doing comedy for a while. You're like, I can do music, and that allows me to like doing comedy to allow you to write musically things. Yeah, I feel like I'm a coward, and so what I like about it is that. I always loved music, but I never like liked singing in front of people. Like even in choir, like it would be like my turn audition. I'm like, <sighs> like you know, like I would always be kind of, and then I'd be so mad at myself later. I'd be like, Marcia, you can sing, like you know. <laughs> and that like really annoying girl that like I'd have like three drinks at karaoke, and I'm like, break away, <laughs> like you know, like and everyone's like, God, she sucks, like <laughs> chill out. Um, so then I found musical comedy. I feel like I always want to do it, and 
I it's nice because you don't have to be so perfect musically because sometimes my voice is a little off and you know it doesn't matter as much because people are just there for the joke you know and so I found that shift I did just stand up for like a very long time and then I think about like six years ago I started doing the musical comedy and it all came together because I was like a theater kid and then I like I think I combined the stand-up because like you said the punchline comes in the first yeah, line yeah. and that's where I think the stand-up comes in because it's like I can't be on stage for more than five seconds without like a laugh without feeling really uncomfortable so I can't even in a song like it's like if it's a couple lines and I'm not getting laughs I'm like well we better get there quick you know um so uh let's talk about rent <laughs> the musical rant Jesse uh, tweeted like I'm watching Rent to research. To well, also <laughs> talk to Marsha Belsky. I'm like seventh grade me is like we did it. <laughs> we got him. So you you apologize before you get into Rent, yeah, and I feel really like sorry. it it sort of like captures where we are with Rent. So <laughs> where do we feel? Where do you feel like we are as a culture with Rent? To me, that's much more of a personal thing. It's not even a dig at Rent. It's me apologizing just in general because you didn't come here for that. And I get that. You know what I mean? You're in a comedy space. You thought you'd be safe. You thought you'd be okay. And <laughs> that's not the case with me. You don't ever know I'm going to get you. Might sing Les Mis. Uh, you don't know. What uh, what is uh, what did rent mean? To me? Yeah, what did rent mean? To well, you? I was a little Jew in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I was like, I want to do heroin. <laughs> I want to do heroin. I want to get AIDS. And I'm ready. <laughs> I want to I move to New York and I want to fucking live with eight people in a place without electricity and I want to get heroin and AIDS <laughs> and I'm fucking ready and um and my parents were like we love that sweetie um no <laughs> I don't think they really understood yeah yeah um but yeah I mean I was obsessed with Rent I think because first of all it was it had the two disc album and every song me is like a little like sixth grader because it had both worlds where I could be like it's rock and roll but I was also a musical theater dork and I'm just like that you know it was I was a loser and really wanting to do heroin so yeah it was really I felt seen so as you mentioned the the song went super viral on TikTok. Uh, what was that like? Was it weird? And then you were like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> it was weird. And then I was like, this is cool. That's exactly what the experience was like, honestly. Cause I was working a customer. I just started literally the day. Cause it was, it was truly like an overnight thing because basically this actress named Krista Allen, who played the younger Jennifer Gardner in 13 going on 30, super sweet, super, super sweet. Like actress, she's still an actress, but she's like an adult now. And she just lip synced the song and it got like a million likes. Um, because I will say, like, there's absolutely no shade to her. She was the sweetest person. But it's like what TikTok likes is they're like, we want to take a talented person and just put a really hot face over <laughs> it and just lip sync, you know, and that's what will go super viral. And that and she it fucking helped me. I mean, it really changed my career. And she yeah. was so sweet. She credited me and stuff. And um, and then, um, yeah, so basically I woke up one day and my Instagram follower count had doubled like overnight. And I had just started this customer support job working for like this food delivery app. So it was like really weird because I was, it was two, the worst job I've ever had. And like, so all day people are being like, you fucking bitch, hey, where's my food? You know? And then online people are like, we love you. And like the, like, just like disparity or like not disparity, like juxtaposition yeah. or whatever. I don't know big words like these straight lab boys over here, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, it was it was weird. And then the thing is, I think that when you go viral, is you get the um, public recognition. And then the money kind of comes like a little bit later. So it was like, I don't want to seem ungrateful, but I also was not experiencing it like as a star moment. Yeah. And then somebody was like, you know, can we pay you $3,000 to do like a like Instagram video for us? And I'm like, now I've made it. You know, that's the big times, boys. But then, that, but then you have to be like your own cinematographer and they're like, mm, we regret this. Um, I'm a comedian, not a filmmaker. So... So what is it like now? You sometimes, when you introduce it, you'll often be like, got to play the hit. It's the hit. So, But some audience doesn't know that, but some audience is like, this. I came to the show for you to do that. Yeah, it's an interesting balance. Like Because, um, yeah, I didn't know basically how viral it went because it wasn't like a video of mine. That's what's interesting about TikTok is it's the sound that goes viral. And like I said, I got on the app after my song went viral, so I kind of figured out how it all worked afterwards. I was like, oh, this is wild. People were like doing it in sign language and like, you know, and um, but then I somebody showed me recently. They were like, have you seen this? And the hashtag 100 tampons has 41 million views. So that's like what it is. So then now it's crazy because I'll do shows. That's why I'm always like, you may know it, you may not, because I went and I'm like, you guys know this one. And everyone's <laughs> like, we don't know you. <laughs> You're on a very niche corner of white woman TikTok and nobody cares, you know? But then there was a couple times where I would just start playing it and like people in the audience would like gasp like and be like, oh my God, like that's what's kind of interesting too is they'd be like, oh my God, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity and I'm like, I have to clock in at eight tomorrow. Um, but no, it's nice because now I've been just a comedian for like yeah. the last um, I, like about a year and a half. So yeah. it's like it was a huge game change. Like it changed right. everything, yeah. you know, because it's really like comedians just need that one credit. And so a lot of times it's TV or like a lot of times it's it's just whatever that thing people can hang their hat on. And so it's it's cool when it gets to be something online because you're like, this was just me. Like I can just have this now, you know, Marsha Belsky parentheses, hundred tampons. Yeah. Do you remember all of them? Do you know which one you're going to do? Oh, you, oh, yeah. Wait. Okay. Because I thought of a one that ties in really well. Great. Okay. Favorite time I bombed. I have two quick ones because I know it. But okay. The first one because it relates to Jay Jordan. Jay Jordan and I met and became friends because we did the craziest gig where basically they sent us upstate to the Catskills. Call back to Adam Pally. The Catskills are still up there and they are still thriving Maisel style like they are still up there doing the like you're because it used to be what they call the borscht belt comedians in the 50s and 60s I see a Jew there we're nodding we did sorry to call you out like that's not safe for us right now but we are in New York so it's okay um they like would basically tour up in these like Catskills because the Orthodox and Hasidic Jews go up there in the summer and they had it they sent me Jay Jordan Charlie Barty and Millie Tamaras up there Millie and Jay did pretty well. I won't speak for Charlie. I bombed so badly. It made me respect Jay so much because like Jay, literally these people were vaping in the back and just staring at us like, what? Like Millie said the word panties and these people lost their mind. Like they're like, do that panties. Like it was like the weirdest crowd. Jay crushed. Jay absolutely tore the house down. He was their favorite comedian they've ever seen. I was like, he is through and through professional. But the second, my second favorite bomb I was doing a brunch show. Shout out, George. He knows. Brunch shows, guys, they're not fun. Because ideally, like, it's like, best case scenario, the audience is blacked out drunk. And that's not great either, if I'm being for real. But right before I go on stage, somebody goes, Anthony Rapp's in the audience. 
<laughs> Anthony Rapp is here. And I was like, Anthony Rapp. When I tell you, okay, because this is the thing. Not only was I a fan of Brent, I wrote Anthony Rapp a fan email on AOL.com. Not about Rent, about his solo album. <laughs> so I was like, this is a big deal. Anthony Rapp is here with his boyfriend, her partner. And I was like, oh my God. And I had the worst set. When I tell you, like, it was at the point where, because at a certain point when you're bombing and the audience doesn't like you, you can't win them back. So you just are monologuing. And it's absolutely horrible because you're just up there, like, and that joke's over. And now on to my next one. And like, they're just like, staring at you I absolutely bombed but then because I was the first comic I'm sitting there going it's the room the room is weird and it's absolutely fine and then my friend Alyssa Wolf went up after me crushed crushed they loved her tore the house they were like you're an icon like screaming from the audience I see Anthony Rapp like beeline for her after the show like like I love you I love you I love you and I'm just sitting there like that's the business <laughs> that's the biz Marsha Belsky <laughs> thank you Thank you. That's the show. Bye. That's it for another episode of Good One. Follow Francesca on social media at two underscore die underscore four underscore duva. You can listen to Stradio Lab wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Sam on Twitter at Sam T. Taggart and on Instagram at Sam Taggart. Follow George on social media at George Soberis. Follow Marsha on Twitter at Marsha Belsky and on Instagram at Marshke. Good One is produced by myself, Jelani Carter, and Camila Salazar. Gavin Shrikashin did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at goodonepodcast. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. Please pre-order my book, comedy book, wherever books are sold. Good One is a production of Vulture in the Box Media Podcast Network. We're here every other Tuesday. Have a good one. Welcome to Good One. Show about talking them jokes. Mm, son. Hey, 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 Good One. It's a good one.